Jason here. Welcome to another episode of Zion ID. Today's is titled A Political Bloodbath. Families and friends have had a difficult year, and I'm talking about things above and beyond the isolation caused by pandemic lockdowns. Social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and even family and friend text threads have become fertile ground for the communication of opposing political opinions. These opinions run very deep. For many, the emotion associated with political opinion surpasses even their religious vigor. Imagine that. Presidents over prophets. Issues such as vaccination, stolen elections, abortion, Israel, and on and on, polarize people to the point that they don't particularly want to associate with the other side. Within each of these political tribes, um, there exists gossip, there exists some truth, there exists some lies, and overall propaganda that is free to run without an editor-in-chief. There are no longer gatekeepers of truth. Um, There are no reliable filters on social media. The old days of having a news reporter tirelessly work to document and prove sources in a professional manner has given way to amateur blog posts that lack credibility and radicalize followers. Discernment is disappearing. Being able to discern between truth and error has become a lost art very quickly. What a fiasco we find ourselves in. The current generation gets a majority of their news flow from the internet and specifically from social media. Because of the deepening divisions in political belief systems, Family gatherings have become more difficult, haven't they? Friends have distanced themselves, and marital relationships are even suffering. Imagine a Biden supporter wife married to a Trump supporter husband. Imagine a QAnon believer married to a non-conspiracy theorist. Out of a sense of duty, either side of the debate does their best to beat their truth into another. Um, This is the elephant in the room, right? This is the issue of our time. I don't think any family, any neighborhood, any friend group, or any ward has avoided the impact of intense political disagreement. Um, And unfortunately, these opposing sides can barely stand to be in the same room as each other. There are many articles and studies being published about this phenomenon. Harper's Bazaar author Jennifer Wright wrote an article titled, If You Are Married to a Trump Supporter, Divorce Them. In the article, Wright says, Perhaps unsurprisingly, this is starting to create a rift not just between different parts of the country, but between couples. In Florida, a former Miami Dolphins cheerleader and the top prosecutor in Palm Beach County reportedly split, in part because the wife claimed that as a staunch Republican and supporter of President Donald Trump, 
she felt increasingly isolated in the marriage. Um, Deidre Ball, who recently filed from divorce from Trump's former communications director, Anthony Scaramucci, also reportedly did so in part because she was not a fan of Trump. Unsurprisingly, there are a lot of articles with advice on topics like how to survive being married to a Trump supporter. They offer advice like, we look deeper than the arguments. We look at each other, at the passionate, committed humans that we are, and we find gratitude in being married to someone who cares so much. Um, when the fire of the political argument subsides and we are left with only the smoldering embers, we kiss. Well, the author thinks that this isn't good enough. Um, Wright goes so far as to suggest, I'm going to save you the three years of therapy when you and your partner try to agree to disagree. If your partner is a Trump supporter and you are not, just divorce them. Because if one member of a couple believes the president should endorse police brutality and the other member believes um, that, is, that that is balls to the wall insane, that is not a disagreement you're going to find common ground on. You can use all the measured voices and positive words you want. It's not a question of disagreement about the most effective way to load the dishwasher or even whether trickle-down econ economics works. These are opinions that might be altered by showing compelling factual evidence. But supporting Trump at this point does not indicate a difference of opinion. It indicates a difference of values. Values aren't like hobbies or interests. They don't change over time. And they more or less define who you are. Trump's administration may have been, for some of us, a time when what we value has become much clearer to us. Couples don't need to agree on everything. Disagreement on some issues helps broaden our perspectives, but most successful couples do seem to have moral compasses that point in roughly the same direction. That's because one of the best things about being in a relationship is having someone who helps you go out and live your values in the world. If you saddle yourself with someone who fundamentally does not share your values, and at this point, it seems fair to say that people on different ends of the political spectrum have wildly different values, you're going to be unbelievably, achingly lonely. Close quote. So what is the answer here? How should we handle the political bloodbath that we find ourselves in? Can the world return to what it was like pre-Trump? A lot of people say no. Can Trump supporting members of the church return to respect a leader such as Dieter Uchtdorf who supported opposing political ideology? Can members of the church return to a gospel doctrine class where political commentary might make its way into the discussion and the opposition wants to vomit? What about testimony meaning? It's tough, isn't it? Our trust in one another has definitely taken a turn for the worse. People are now ultra-cautious when it comes to who they trust. Trust has disappeared in many circles where trust formerly thrived. Well, what do we do about it? 
let's let that question simmer for a minute. How do we overcome political drama in our relationships that matter most, even between parents, siblings, friends, and neighbors? There is an answer, thank goodness, and there's only one answer. This answer is 100% effective. Again, thank goodness. It's without holes. Many learned it as children, but have forgotten it. The answer is this, Jesus. His word, his example, his all-encompassing doctrine. It's the only answer. Now we know that with the second coming, Jesus is coming to fix what ails us as a society. He's coming to replace corrupt political institutions and replace false political ideology. But before he comes, there's no problem getting a head start in your spiritual preparations by implementing humility, love, service, faith, and charity, all of the pillars of his doctrine. How many people do you know nowadays who are humble enough to admit when they're wrong with a political opinion? It certainly doesn't happen very often. There, is a, uh, there was a real chilling story that I read, and it, the story is a true story. There was a very noble freedom fighter. He was a strong man who armed himself with weapons, and he actually stormed the pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. to free the children who were victims of sex trafficking. Um, and were being used by corrupt politicians. These children were being held in the basement of the pizza parlor um, where these politicians would come and pay to play. The man, as he approached the pizza parlor, um, was arrested. He was arrested on site before he could free these poor kids. Well, as he was being held with his face to the ground, his face to the pavement, the police had to inform him that not only were there no children on site, but that the pizza parlor, famous for Pizzagate, didn't even have a basement. This was a lie of the worst kind, a lie that triggered the most noble and courageous of passions. But nevertheless, it was a lie. All of us will be required to exercise a degree of humility if and when we find out that our staunch political beliefs had holes and warts and secular underpinnings that were unsustainable. Say what you want about religion. Uh, we are fully aware that the fastest growing religion is atheism. Or in other words, the fastest growing religion is no religion at all. But any who do Jesus' will find that Jesus' doctrine is transcendent. It is healing. It is peace, love, progressive, timeless, eternal. Go ahead and sit back for a second and listen to Jesus' genius. His opening statement to the Nephites, which ushered in an era of Zion, 
was this carefully crafted command. It was a simple challenge, and it was recorded in the book of 3 Nephi, chapter 11, only three verses, verses 28 through 30. Jesus said, And there shall be no disputations among you, as there have hitherto been. Neither shall there be disputations among you concerning the points of my doctrine, as there have hitherto been. For verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hath the spirit of contention is not of me, but is of the devil, who is the father of contention. And he stirreth up the hearts of men to contend with anger one with another. Behold, this is not my doctrine, to stir up the hearts of men with anger one against another. But this is my doctrine, that such things should be done away. What a message that must have been for these Nephites, and what a message it is for us today. He told that group of intelligently twisted Nephites in verse 38 through 40, And again I say unto you, ye must repent and be baptized in my name and become as a little child, or ye can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. Verily, verily, I say unto you that this is my doctrine. And whoso buildeth upon this buildeth upon my rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. And whoso shall declare more or less than this and establish it for my doctrine, the same cometh of evil and is not built upon my rock, but he buildeth upon a sandy foundation. And the gates of hell stand open to receive such when the floods come and the winds beat upon them. That is just one chapter, right, of many chapters in the scriptures that are dedicated to the gospel, the truth, the word declared by Jesus. All of us would do well to study his words and implement them in our lives. I am certainly no genius. Neither are you. This is not a time for us to procrastinate the day of our repentance. We should be fully aware of our current status as unprofitable servants. Each of us are in desperate need of yielding to the enticings of the Spirit. It is our time to put off the natural man. It is our time to exercise faith as we rely upon mercy and grace. It's our time to come together, not to be isolated in tribes and hate and contend one against another. I hope that today's episode, it's short, it's sweet, has served as a reminder for why we love Jesus and why we should put 100% of our faith into his doctrine and why we should be so careful not to immerse ourselves in all of the false voices and the false doctrines that are trying and attempting to show us other paths to follow and other ways to live. Jesus is our Savior, and that he is our Savior on all levels of the spectrum. He's more than a religious leader reserved for Sunday only. Jesus' doctrine 
must drive political discourse. It should drive educational policy. It should drive economic policy. It should drive global relations, employment decisions, and moral standards. And if it doesn't, then all of these political, educational, economic, employment, moral efforts are destined for desolation and failure. They will not stand the tests and the scrutiny of time. Antichrist carries a shelf life with expiration. Only Jesus's charity endureth. So again, I hope that this episode, as we've discussed the seemingly impossible elephant in the room, which is the political bloodbath that everybody's dealing with, I hope that a reminder to seek the solution, the only solution, that is found in Jesus's doctrine is refreshing to you and that it's refreshing to your soul and that it can lead to the mending of such important and beautiful relationships that make life sweet. Jesus is the King of Kings. If you're going to follow anybody, follow him. God lives. We can overcome the political bloodbath that immerses us, okay? This political bloodbath has obvious fruits. The fruits of political contentions have been on full display for too long now, and they are certainly negative and divisive. On the contrary, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we can seek for the fruits of the Spirit which bring us happiness and joy and ultimate progress.